Jonah chapter 1 verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof. Everybody say it cost him. And went down into it Go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent a great wind upon the sea. There was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, crying every man unto his God. Cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. How can you sleep and not be in the will of God? So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so, be that God will think upon us that we perish not. They said, everyone to his fellow, come, let us cast lots, that we may know whose causes he was upon us. So they cast lots, and it fell on Jonah. The evil, they said, is upon Jonah. Said, tell us, pray thee, for who the, the evil is upon us. What's the occupation which thou comest? Go to verse 17. Now the Lord hath prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly three days and three nights. <clears throat> I want to preach here this morning. The sleeping enemy. The sleeping enemy. If you would lift your hands and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, I thank you for your presence. Come on, lift your voice just for a moment. Help me to pray this morning. Jesus. Let your word go forth today. God, I'm asking for the angels of the Lord to be encamped around us today. And as we go forth in your word, let those angels minister to the hearts of every individual in this building today. We pray in the name of Jesus. We pray. God bless you. You may be seated. It was a sleeping enemy. We have quickly arrived at a time and, and to the to, to preachers that are here uh, today you will identify we've arrived at a time that the God consciousness in humanity has been dulled. That God consciousness, we refer to it so commonly as such. To define it would be that awareness that when God is in such close proximity, something inside of me is made quickly aware of Him. 
Every man's created with a God consciousness. You're created in the image of God. And you and I all are created with a conscious awareness of God's presence that is there. Now as a child growing up, you and I might not have a full understanding of it. We understand it as this, right and wrong. There's something within the humanity that just, it don't feel right. That's before you ever even get the Holy Ghost. You just know it don't feel right to do certain things. Whether it be uh, the residue of a God consciousness and culture that has taught us or it be a mother and a father that has a God consciousness that has made that aware to that son or that daughter as they're growing up. Johnny, you can't touch the pot stove. God consciousness of right and wrong, but really what it's saying is that is the uh, verbiage we use to describe it, but the real principle behind it is is a awareness of the presence of God. An awareness that God is right here in the midst of me, or right in front of me, or can't maybe see him in his humanity but like what we felt today when we sang Waymaker or we sang a little talk with Jesus and as we began to sing these things our God consciousness for some it didn't take long the Holy Ghost kicked in and it made that God consciousness even more aware that something is now identifying with eternity and, and God now is in my midst. So it's not hard for me to lift my hands. It's not, it's not hard for me to lift my voice. It's not hard for me to kind of, kind of just move a little bit because the God consciousness and the Holy Ghost in me begins to move. But we're living in an hour now. Where to try to sing it and to preach it is our challenge. Because the God consciousness now within humanity has been dulled almost to the place of silence. That literally God has got to let you fall out with some just diabolical or just some crazy calamity. To get us to call out on God. You got to get cancer in the four stages. Within three months you go from this to that. And then all of a sudden. Call the church. Call the preacher. Call the saints. Call mom and daddy that know how to pray. Today's going to be different folks. You might as well tighten your seatbelt and get ready. Call them because you see. Well now that. God consciousness is starting to wake up. See, storms of life have a way of waking up what's asleep. Storms of life and situations that everything today looks normal and okay. Today we got a big old beef roast on the stove and we're going to eat good and we're going to go take a good nap. Come on, somebody. Don't act all holy. You're going to sleep too. That's what we do on Sunday. And now my day is set. Normal. Plain. See, here's Jonah. Now, now let me say this about Jonah. Jonah is not just some flippant prophet. 
Jesus refers to Jonah in, I think, Matthew 11 or 14 and 16, where the Sadducees and Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, give us a sign. See, the God consciousness was already asleep, Brother Joe and the Pharisees. They were religious. They had religious, but they didn't have God. They had all the trappings of religiosity. I come to church. I act the church. I do the church. I dress the church. I don't smoke, drink, and run with those. I don't do none. I'm... But yet the God consciousness is asleep. And the Pharisees and Sadducees says, hey, it's asleep. They didn't know it. And they tried to do everything in their power to wake up. Give me a sign that you are who you say you are. Come on, how much has that has hit us as the church? Come on, you say you're a people of a name. Give me a sign. Why is the pew still empty? Why haven't you feel? If you've got the fullness of truth, where is that element? Give me a sign. And we have birthed a generation now that is constantly looking for a sign. Let me see a miracle and then I'll believe. Let me see the goiter fall off. Let me see the cripple walk. Let me see the blinded eye open. Give me a sign. And then I'll believe that you got to have the Holy Ghost and be filled with His Spirit. Then I'll believe. You know what they're saying? They're wanting a God consciousness to wake up again. And they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to... Wake it up that I can lift my hands or I can worship or I can and, and I can feel just here's how we say it that I can just feel the goosebumps again. We need preach that. When's the last time we felt goosebumps? By the presence of God moving on us. When's the last time that I felt the presence of God so strong that everything in me just kind of stood up and said, Whoa, I'm in a different place I ain't never been before. I'm in the presence of God. That's the God consciousness. I believe that in this end time hour, God is going to visit individuals and families that are hungry for that to wake up again and say, I want to feel God more than I've ever felt Him before. I want to see God like I've never seen Him before. It's only going to come to the hungry. Brother Chester, it's only going to come to the hungry. It ain't coming to them that are satisfied. That's why people day in and day out can sit on a pew. Come and pacify a conscience. I thank God for them coming. At least they're in the house of God. But yet there comes a moment in time that there's something asleep in them. That if you and I get a little bit closer to the fire, something's going to wake up. And you're going to find what you've been looking for. It's not in buying a new vehicle. It's not in buying a new house. It's not in striking oil or getting millions in your account. It's finding the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and Him reigning in your family. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Now I'm being kind to the Pharisees and Sadducees and I'm trying to give a positive spin which is what a lack of God consciousness does to our preaching. It makes us make it more palatable. You're okay. It's okay. It's okay for you to just not. It's okay. Let me give you Jesus' words. I wish I knew the script off the top of my head. It's Matthew somewhere. I can look it up. 
I know Matthew 16, but he, it's 11 that, where he did it. He turned to those Pharisees and Sadducees and he rebuked them. You know what he said in Matthew 11 or wherever it was? He said, you're evil. Let the rose burn. Matthew 12, 39 and 40. He said, you're evil. But he answered and said, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. He said, you're looking for some sign to tell you what the will of God is. When the will of God is only found through obedience to the word of God, not a sign. And if I see blinded eyes, then I'm going to serve him. No, you won't. We got movements all over. Blinded eyes, they're filling coliseums right now. People are getting up out of wheelchairs. My God, William Branham did them. Where's all the Brannanites? Dried up and dead. Catherine Kalurum. Where are all her miracles? matter of seeing a miracle that is not going to cause you and I to be a great it may trigger faith it may cause you and I to say whoa there's something here but the Corinthian church was very clear when Paul stepped in he said the gifts of the spirit are for the immature he said an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign and there's what Jesus said brother Sean Jesus man we, we got him painted as some kind of Every picture you see of him, like some pitiful, weak sissy. Jesus was a carpenter. Brother Mark, he reminds me of some of the men in our church. He probably had calluses on his hands. Oh, Joseph got him down there at the time of building and said, Son, pick up a hammer and become a man. Oh, I just hit a nerve right there. You don't say amen, I dig deeper. He wasn't some just anemic, soft that's Michelangelo's depiction and he was a do y'all want me to say it or I'm trying to be nice but y'all not giving me no amens y'all gonna make me dig he painted him that way because that's what he was he was a man but see we have this Jesus it's okay and yes he's loved brother Ed but right here, we need to redefine what love is. Because he said, you're an evil generation. Well, Jesus, you don't understand who you're talking to. You're talking to all the major tithe payers. I told you, it's going to be rough today. Y'all ain't saying no amens, but I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. God done spoke to me. But you, 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 you're dealing with the faithful few. They all show up at the temple on time. And Jesus said, you're evil because you're seeking a sign. He said, there will be no sign given to you except this one. Go back in the word of God and find the story of Jonah and learn from what Jonah did. As Jonah was in the belly three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in hell three days 
and three nights. And the end of the story is that which was asleep gets woken up. We're trying to wake up a God consciousness. Come on, singers, pray. Push it a little bit harder. Come on, preacher, preach a little bit harder. We've made organizations that make it hard. It ain't about making it hard. It's about you and I realizing that when he died and he was buried, he resurrected from the grave and he woke up everything that was dead. If I get a true picture of Calvary, that which is dead wakes up. If I live my life according to Calvary, that which is dead wakes up. Jesus always depicted it. What did he do when he went to Lazarus? Lazarus' tombs, his friend. He's dead. But what did Jesus say? Anybody? He sleepeth. Sleepeth and death is synonymous what he's trying to say is no 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 the God consciousness in him is dead he is dead physically yes but uh, you, from my point of view what's dead to you is really just taking a nap because I can send a storm that way that'll wake up everything that's asleep folks you and I need to look at the storms that come against us as not God being mad as much as it is God's trying to wake something up and get us in alignment with his will He said, Lazarus, you're sleeping. They said, no, he's dead. The analytical natural. No, he's dead. He stinketh. God says, I don't care if he stinks. I don't care how you label him as dead. From my point of view, he's just taking a nap. And there's people in here Today, there's things in you and I that are asleep, dead. And the Holy Ghost sent me here to tell you, it's an enemy that's asleep. But when God wakes it up, it becomes something that leaps. Paul said it like this. There was a thorn given to me in the flesh that's buffeting me, the messenger of Satan. There's some things that God's going to leave in my life to keep me on track and to keep me on course. I I don't know about you, but I know my flesh. I know what I'm capable of. I thank God for walking in the valley. I thank God from places that I don't understand because I know one thing is sure. If you put me in the valley, if you put me in the storm then there's something in me you're trying to wake up Jonah was just a normal day God said and Jonah runs now here's the picture here's a fellow that had the word of God heard the word of God knew the word of God And runs from the presence of God. I said this a long time ago. This is what he's trying to say. The presence of God is equated to the word of God. So when I come say. Well I don't see God's presence. This is the God consciousness. You cannot see God's presence. You and I are not. Unless God manifests himself through a theophany. A cloud. A pillar of fire. On and so forth. So how does God do it in our time brother Chester? I'll tell you. He manifests his presence through his word. That even though you can't see it, I've got the word of God coming to me saying, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. This is what you're asking of me to do. And the God consciousness in you and I should wake up and realize, God, this is you. 
the world has silenced that consciousness and dulled it. Whether it be CNN, Rush Limbaugh, bless his heart. I don't know. But something has dulled the conscience that would inhibit somebody from raising their hands and saying, God, I surrender all because your presence is here. And Jonah got the presence with the word and he says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm out of here. And how many times we've come to the house of God, I've done it, brother. Brother Mike, I've heard messages and I go, "Uh uh-uh, I'm out of here. I ain't doing that. We talk about old time Pentecost rolling on the floor. Uh Uh-uh, I ain't doing that. We talk about them old days where Brother Chet, you remember, they walked the back of the pews, didn't they? Oh, I seen them. I ain't doing that. If God tells you and I to do, we got to be willing to do. So that's going to make me crazy. See, I'm fighting up against a culture in Indian Village. I'm fighting up against a culture in the state of Louisiana. I'm fighting up against a culture. Whether you, me and you and I are back here in India, we still facing the same struggles. There's a dulling of the conscience. And if you and I realize it's not really my fault, it's the world I live in. But if that thing which is in me ever wakes up and I realize, God, I've got to get in your will. I've got to get in your purpose. I've got to get in your plan. Then that thing that's causing havoc in my family will cease and Jonah he's the problem because something in him proverbially metaphorically said no watch me this is how brother Larry he can go to sleep in the belly of a boat the consciousness of God in all of us is asleep. When I fall asleep, I ain't got no trouble sleeping, usually. My head hit the pillow. We need to talk before I hit that pillow. Because we're not going to better talk when I hit that pillow. <laughs> Whatever you got to say, you better say it before I get in that bed. Because I'm out. This old boy, Jonah, He's in the storm and he's asleep. Being out of the will of God causes your conscience to be dull. See, and here's Jonah. Now here's the sad part in it. Here, here's the big part of my message. Jonah, thank you. And the, go, go back actually to, to three. Jonah, or two, give me two. And John, he said, get up, go to Nineveh, great city, rise. Wickedness has come up. God's saying, hey, boy, I got a job for you to do. God's got a job for us to do. God never intended for us to be occupiers on a pew. He intended for us to be praisers, prayer warriors, worshipers, Bible study teachers, Sunday school teachers, preachers, missionaries, uh, saints of God on fire for God. That's always what he intended. He said, I got a job for you to do. Next verse. But Jonah said, uh-uh. I'm going to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa. Now, here's the thing. Joppa, it was a normal day in Joppa. Just a normal day in Joppa, a normal day. He's wanting to get to Tarsus. Man, I can't get that, man. It's like a shut, 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 shut. Tarsus. I'm just going to say Tarsus. Okay? It's a normal thing. Nothing really out of the norm in Joppa. He shows up, he finds a boat, and watch from the very beginning of this story. Remember Jesus saying, 
You're seeking a sign. Go back to Jonah. Learn from Jonah. We're learning today. What was the first thing that happened when Jonah turned from the will of God? He had to pay something. It cost him. And when you and I turn from the will of God and the word of God, there's always going to be a price to pay. You say, well, I, you don't understand. I, I, I'm faithful to church. Yeah, but here's the thing. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. That's a commandment, not an option. So if I don't praise Him, I just took God's word and flushed it down the toilet and said, I don't believe what, what you believe. We just pushed it away. Well, no, that's not my personality. I'm going to use this over and over until you get really mad. If I kicked you in the teeth, you're going to wake up. God's saying, don't let a storm come to wake us up and kick us in the teeth, proverbial brother Larry. But let the storm wake something up in you. And I realize, God, you're really for me. God, you care about me. This is your love reaching for me and trying to help me get to where I need to go. And it cost him something when he left. He goes to Joppa. He found a ship. Now here's the sad part. The boat didn't do nothing wrong. (laughs) Poor boat. Come on somebody. You're already mad. Poor boat. Poor Joppians. I'm like, no, y'all can't jump. Don't mad, I'm telling you. Poor Joppians, they didn't do nothing wrong. They just got hooked up with a dude that was out of the will of God. (laughs) I don't know about you. I don't want no association with anybody that's out of the will of God. I want people that are in the will of God. I want to surround myself with people that love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and want to go to the same place I'm going. Heaven's going to be my home. And I want to be around a group of people that want to do that with all their heart. Great engine, we got everything moving. The 
shipmaster, the captain, everybody's there. But what they didn't know, there was going to be a sleeping enemy that they didn't pick up. What is it in me and your life that we won't give to God? And it's a sleeping enemy in our heart and in our mind. And God has sent a storm to us, our families, our homes. Remember, the mariners did nothing wrong. It was the man asleep in the boat. Watch me. So that means to tell me, when I'm out of the will of God, people around me suffer. Who is suffering? Because you're not in the will of God and there's a sleeping enemy in your heart that you refuse to wake up and say, I'm ready to deal with you, boy. I'm ready to deal with your unclean spirit. I'm ready to deal with your... I'm ready to deal with you. you. You've brought this storm into my life because I refuse to deal with you. I like it just... I'm a non-confrontational person, brother Langley. Me and you got a lot in common. People don't think that when I preach, but I really am. I'm real quiet. I don't want an unnecessary. I don't want to deal with things in me. It's better just to kind of write it off and say, it don't matter. And then a storm comes, brother Larry, and I'm going, well, what in the world? What in the world happened there? My God consciousness has been dulled. And I can't see it. I wonder if they would have saw it then. I know those prophets were weird fellows back then. They come in all dressed weird and garb. And they knew, man, they were strange people. Did they not pick it up when he got on the boat? Hey, you're an oddball. You're different. And here's this man of God. Great wind comes so that the ship is going to be broken in pieces. Next verse. And the mariners were afraid and every man, look at what they're doing. They're turning one to another going, what in the world's going on? This is unexpected. The weather forecast said it was clear. And they start, watch, here's the next step. They started throwing things overboard. How many things have we lost through life that we didn't have to throw overboard if we would have just stayed in the presence of What joy have we thrown overboard? What peace have we thrown overboard? And now we're living in an hour now where we're trying to medicate everything. And I'm not against medication. If we need it, God help us. But I wonder if we would have addressed this way before then. Maybe some of these things would not be such a mountain to us now. If we'd have prayed a little bit more back then. If I'd have been a little bit more fervent in my prayer. Maybe my kids wouldn't be lost today. Maybe I wouldn't have lost that child. Maybe I. And they threw things overboard that they didn't have to throw overboard. All because of a sleeping enemy. That they never perceived. Because of a dulled God consciousness. Am I the only one that when you hear something from God, you kind of just, well, yeah, and there's a little hesitation in you? I'm the preacher and I get it. I'll read something or hear, and I'm like, well, did God really? See, my God consciousness is already 
And they started throwing things overboard to lighten it. And Joe's asleep in the boat. Running from the will of God and asleep. When I'm out of the will of God, I'm asleep to the spiritual things of God. God wasn't talking to him in that boat. He was asleep. When I don't do what God's asking me to do, a spirit of slumber. And it's the hour we live in now. The church is asleep. Individuals are asleep. You preach about old times. Hey, we preach about adultery. Man, you get stoned nowadays. You can't commit adultery. Hello? You cannot take crack. Cocaine. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to wake y'all up. Stay off the crack. I say that now. See, some of you can't even laugh. My God. It's church. Have fun. These are the things that are coming against us today. That we're like, what's going on? But you can't, because we're asleep. We're asleep. I, I can't. That's why you can preach heaven well, heaven hell hot, like old brother heard, and there's still the hesitation. Is that true? I'm not sure. You can preach about living for God and the great benefits of living for God. There's peace when you lay your head down to sleep at night. God's blessing. He loaded you daily with benefits. Seek first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added unto you. When I seek God, the blessings of God overtake me and the favor of God comes. And it's a blissful, wonderful life. But to hear that and to do that, different thing. And they start throwing everything over and he's asleep in the belly of the boat because he's been blinded. Next verse. And the shipmaster came and said, what? Look at this. He called him what he was doing. You sleeper, what's wrong with you in this hour that's so critical a storm is tearing this boat apart? I feel such a strong convicting spirit of the Holy Ghost in this place today. God's reaching for somebody. He's trying to bring you into proximity of his presence by waking up your conscience. And here's what happens when he wakes up your conscience. We get mad or we get glad. And that's the hour we live in. We get mad or we get, we get glad because the Bible says, Woe unto them that offended the end time. There's going to be a spirit of offense. But he said, To the pure, all things are pure. To the impure, to those that don't have a pure heart, it's offense. So if I really want to make heaven, these things are like a sweet oil. It's like, okay, God, I see it. I want to please you. But to that one that don't want to do right, it makes them mad and frustrated. It's kind of like an agitation of the Holy Ghost. And God's trying to wake us up to realize we don't have much time left. And if we'll give God everything that we got in this hour, there's going to be a great fish called mercy that's going to swallow you and I up in the end. He said, wake up, call on God. They cast a lot and they called him the evil one and they threw him overboard. That which was asleep, God had a way of waking it up. Now tell somebody here today, there are things in all of us, preacher included, that's asleep. And it's working in opposition to the things of God. The Bible says, for the carnal mind is at enmity with God. You know what the word enmity means? It means opposing and hate. Our flesh and our will and our opinion hates. It's in 
our fallen Adamic nature. It hates God's word. You think the devil's the enemy. The devil ain't the enemy. I'm my worst enemy because I oppose in my flesh the word of God. Carnal means that animal-like behavior that I have when I let the, the boundaries go. He said that animal-like behavior hates God. It's an enmity against God. And we're living in an hour that our minds struggle in the waking up process. They woke him up and he had to face what he refused to face the first time. And it closes. Go to the last verse of that chapter. And now the Lord prepared a fish. Here it is. And God prepared a fish called mercy. That where he would not wake it up on his own, God said, I'm going to allow a storm to come to wake up a sleeping enemy inside of you that won't line up with the word of God. I'm going to send a storm to wake something up in you. Folks, listen. I'm not the smartest crayon. I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box. But there's one thing I know is sure as I'm standing in front of you. The coming of the Lord is nigh at hand. It's not just an old antiquated message, but he's coming back. And if God has let North America in, get him. North America's in a storm. Our state's in a storm. Our community. We got drug addiction everywhere in our community. We're in a storm. And all God's trying to do is wake up the sleeping enemy that's within you and I. And get us in alignment with the will of God that he can pour out of his spirit. tell this story real quick and I'm going to say it very fast so follow with me my pastor brother Morgan tells this story it's a story about a, a, a young man he was working with him in the church he pastored in Okmulgee, Oklahoma and as he's pastoring there in Okmulgee, Oklahoma he had a young man working, youth pastor whatever, he's helping him, great guy then in that he marries another girl brings her in, into the church and together they're working there was issues. I'm not going to deal with what it is. I'm not even going to tell you today what it was. But there was a certain issue that he preached from that pulpit through the word of God. In obedience to the word of God. She would not do it. She would not do what he said. And because of that, she was going to people. He had a meeting with them. He brought them in. The couple. He said, listen, let me talk to you. Let me try to help you. Like a good pastor. I'm trying to reach for you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying. Let me explain something to you. If it's in the word of God, we've got to do it. Well, I just don't think it's that way. I don't think it really matters. I think you can do it. It's one of them things that it ain't got Jesus' name, baptism, or Holy Ghost. She saw that. But it was some of these other things that are as absolute as the day long in the word of God. She said, I don't think it really matters. I don't think you really got to do that. It, you, it, you know, you can kind of skirt the issue just a little bit, Brother Darrell's how she was saying. He goes, you cannot. He said, let me show you in the word of God. The young boy saw it. He knew it was right, but she refused to. And a spirit of rebellion, a demonic spirit of rebellion got a hold of that girl. Now you think, and she still came to church, she looked the part, she acted the part, she started going to people in the church and saying stuff like this. You know what, he's so hard. He's such an old fogey. He's preaching an old message that really don't matter. None of that stuff really matters. And she started going to people all over the church. Well finally one night the Holy Ghost moved on him and he said, hey, you, girl and Sally and Bob, come up here. And he brought them to the front of the church. He said, I'm fixing to show this church 
the demonic activity that's going on that you can't see and think everything's okay. He said, by, he looked at that woman, he said, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I command you, Spirit, to reveal. Watch. I command you to reveal yourself. He said, and as soon as, he said, it's going to be a demonstration of this church that they can see that the, the spiritual world is not something to play around with. Folks, what about all this conjuring? These movies in Hollywood. Hollywood's belching this stuff out for a reason. It's trying to make people fearful of them. But here's the other side. That dummy has done showed his cards. Here's what it's doing. It's making people aware of the supernatural. And where some it's making fearful. For others it's going, whoa, that something's waking up. This supernatural stuff's real. Demons and angels are real. My rebellion is real. And watch. He said, it will be a demonstration to this church. I almost said it walking up to the pulpit. And I said, I better not. I know we got visitors here. Visitors, we're glad you're here. Love you. But this, 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 this doesn't change the way I preach. Some people, this is going to be hard for you to grasp. Because this is foreign to you. But you hear me. He said it will be a demonstration. And he looked at that woman. And he said in, in a second, she fell to the floor. And began hissing like a snake in the floor. And that church began to realize that little, little rebellion, that little disobedience. It's something small today. It's a sleeping enemy today. But tomorrow it's going to be a big Goliath. That you and I are not. I speak to some backslider today. You can just go so far. And those elements that you and I push to the side. But there's a fist of mercy today. That if you and I wake up what's asleep. There's a fist that's going to swallow you up. And love you back to the presence of God. Y'all come, stand with me. God is trying with every bit of his power today. I could walk these aisles today and I could go to individuals. See, God won't let me do that no more, Sister Claudia. It's just a window he'll open instead of an old door that I could go and say, reaching. So Smith God's pulling. But the hard thing is in this God dulled conscious hour, all it would do would make somebody not come back, Brother Butch. And I felt it this morning in the spirit. I said, there will be some today that won't ever come back. And I said, Sister Liz, I said, Lord, that's just not fair. I'm trying to build a church, not run people off. He said, son, my truth will always divide. And if you'll preach it in love, the hungry heart will receive it, and the rebellious heart will walk out the door and never come back. Indian Village, this is my home church now, so I'm depending on you as a family to help me this morning. The Lord told me there would be an angel of conviction that would walk in this building today and he will move by hearts of people in this building. God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. And today the word of God has woke something up in you. Whether it be, I don't know, 
I went from Dan to Beersheba. I covered lack of praise. I covered adultery. I've covered people in the church. I've covered people not in the church. I've covered backslide. I've covered every possibility. You fill in the blank of what's the sleeping enemy that is copying you from the blessings and favor of God in your life. God is saying today, I've prepared a big, big fish. It's called Calvary. called Calvary it's called Calvary verse chapter 3 don't turn there chapter 3 of Jonah says this He goes in the belly three days. He gets vomited out. He hits the shore. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Here's what I'm trying to offer to somebody through the Holy Ghost today. You can't feel God like you want to. You try. You're not a devil. I'm not saying some of you today are like that story with the woman. She's full of rebellion. I'm I'm just trying to make you aware of the supernatural. And things that don't seem like they matter, they matter. But you say, I can't feel God. Like, oh, Brother Benoit, I can't feel God like these people up in the front. I can't feel it. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God today is waking the enemy up that is stopping you. And grabbing it by the nap of the neck and saying, these are my people. I care for them. I want to see the best for them. And God prepared a fish that when he got, if you'll just throw yourself overboard and just throw yourself in for what God's wanting to do, God's going to catch you. And mercy is going to come. Where I've done, Sister Kim, I've had messages, I'm going to be honest, messages God's told me to preach. There's messages God's told me to preach in this church. And I didn't do it. I disobeyed God. There's been messages I preach up. I said, God, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. That's not my personality. Hear me. Somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost. That's not me. I want everybody to like me, man. I want to be likable. I don't want to be the guy that goes, oh, God, there's that weirdo Benoit. Really? Being honest, I'm putting my head on the block today. Please don't chop it off. But after I got done with that service, that message went as flat and dead. And God spoke to me many times. He said, I'm a hard learner. He said, if you'd have done what I told you, today's one of those messages. I really didn't want to preach it. Come back tonight. I'm going to preach a faith message tonight. But today, I'm preaching truth to somebody that's wanting God's presence. You're going to have to let the storm that's in your life wake up what's keeping you from God. I don't know. What is it? You know, we're all adults here. What is it? Is it pornography? I don't know. The internet nowadays, I can't preach. I mean, look, it's on your phone. I don't know. What, 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 what is it that's asleep? And you and I need to wake up. Here's the beautiful thing. When he got thrown over, he, did, he said, cast me over. Y'all need to go back and read that. He willingly jumped. And the fish picked him up. Chapter 3 picks up. After three days in hell, how many of us are walking in difficult, hellish moments of life? 
Family's crazy, job's crazy, business is crazy. I'm about to go bankrupt. I'm about to lose this. I'm, my health is bad. My family's bad. My kids are hooked on drugs. Folks, I'm going to say it again. The stronghold of this area is drug addiction. And it took another one just not too long ago. When, how long is it going to take for the church to wake up and pray fervently to break the back of the spirit that's taking our kids over and over again? When are we going to wake up as the church and tell the enemy of apathy, lethargy, complacency, comfortability and say, I'm part of the church and part of the church is the gates of hell will not prevail, but God is going to give us a victory. I know I preached a long time today. But I'm telling somebody today, your greatest message, Sunday school lesson, youth activity, Bible study, evangelism, there's something God wants you to do. And if you'll just let them throw you, just wake it up. Let the, the fish swallow you. Chapter 3 says, and he was in the presence of the Lord again. He got back to where he should have stayed in the beginning. Is there anybody today that you feel... I'm going to open these altars, but here's what I want to do. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And I want us to repent together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking but me. And if you're here today, nobody's looking. I'm, I'm begging you in the name of the Lord, don't look. This is private. But if you today said, Brother Benoit, that's my life. I want you to raise your hand right now for my sake, the preacher. I want to see it. I see. Oh, if you don't look, keep your eyes closed. Keep your hands up that I can see. There's hands all raised all across this building right now. People that realize God has sent a messenger to help me today. God's not against me. God's not trying to destroy me. God's trying to save me and put me back in my purpose for the kingdom. Now every head bowed, every eye closed, I want us to repent together right now. God, forgive me. Come on, open your mouth. God, forgive me right now of everything I've done. Forgive me of everything I've said. Forgive me, God, right now. Forgive me of things I've done. Come on, repent right now. God, I turn from it right now. God, I turn from these things that would oppose you. Things that God has caused me to be out of your will today. God, I want to be in your will. I want to please you. I want to make heaven my home. That's the reason I came to church today. I want to make heaven my home. Come on, ask Him to forgive you right now. God, forgive me right now. Forgive me right now, God. God, I'm sorry for things I've done, things I've said, things I've pondered. That God, I know was out of your will today. Forgive me. The storm's not to destroy you. It didn't destroy Jonah. It just woke some things up. God's trying to wake things up in our church. He's trying to wake things up in individuals. He's trying to wake up old prayer warriors that God needs you in this end time. Now, grab the hand of the person next to you. If you feel comfortable, and I want us to come to the front together as a family. Come on, everybody. From the back all the way to the front. Nobody's exempt today. The presence of God is here. You're not joining the church. Nobody's going to lay hands on you. The only one that will will be me today. I'm asking right now the saints of God refrain from laying hands on anybody right now unless I call on you. I want the people to have a moment that they can pray. Pray and talk to God right now in His presence.